0: The scripture this morning comes from John chapter 9, and it's the whole thing. 1 to 41, verses 1 to 41, John 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And then there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And they asked him, Is this your son who you say was born blind, and then does he see now? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself." His parents said those things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that, I, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, "'What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?' He answered them, "'I have already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples?' And they reviled him, saying, "'You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from.' The man answered, "'Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes.' And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things, and they said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, you were blind, you would have no guilt, but now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. And this is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, church. Forty verses. Should be one verse per minute, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's begin our time together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today with open hearts and minds, eager to learn from your word. We ask for your wisdom and understanding to illuminate our minds and for your spirit to open our eyes to the truth you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Gospel of John differs from the other for the other three Gospels because it focuses on revealing the deity of Jesus and his mission to bring salvation to the world. The author, the author, John, carefully selected the specific events and teachings of Jesus to highlight this specific theme. And when you read the purpose of John, who he already wrote in the Gospel of John, in John 20, verse 31, it it read like this. This is John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So we come then to chapter 9, and we find the account of Jesus healing a man who was blind from birth. And this story holds a profound significance not only in terms of the physical healing but also in the spirit, in the spiritual truth it reveals and as we study this passage we will uncover valuable lessons about faith in jesus obedience to jesus testimony for jesus and in Encountering Jesus in our lives. So let's take a look at this story from chapter 9 about a man who was blind from birth. The disciples they thought that his blindness was a punishment for a sin, for a sin his parents had done, or a sin he did. But Jesus corrected them and explained that his blindness was actually part of God's plan to show his works and to confirm Jesus' identity. And it's truly amazing how Jesus showed such, such great compassion to these blind men. Upon seeing the man in darkness, he took, up, he, he took it up upon himself himself, to bring light to this man who was in darkness, as he had previously referred to himself as the light of the world. You remember in chapter 8, he was screaming in the temple, I am the light of the world. So, what is really interesting this time is that he didn't use words to heal this man. Instead, he made mud with saliva, which then he applied to the man's eye. Thank God he was not seeing what Jesus was doing, right? And after that, he instructed the man to wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam, and the blind man received his sight. Think about, for a moment, about the obedience of this man. Despite the unconventional method Jesus used, the man trusted and followed his instructions without hesitation. There were no questions and no doubt, but unwavering faith, unwavering obedience. And such faith. faith Is an example for all of us right this man had never seen the light or colors he had never witnessed the beauty of a sunset or the grass in the spring darkness was all he knew he had to rely on others or his cane to navigate his surroundings But one day while he was begging outside the temple, he heard someone saying, I am the light of the world. Then out of nowhere, this same person came and put mud on his eyes and told him to watch in a random pool. Can you believe it? A guy walking around covering mud made from saliva. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? But guess what? When he washed his eyes, suddenly he could see. The first thing he saw was probably his own reflection. And this is very deep and profound to think about. For the first time he saw himself as God made him. He saw his face. He saw his body. He saw probably, you know, the water, the sky, the trees, and people's faces for the first time. Do you think he said, all right, time to go back to begging? Of course not. It's easy to picture the incredible happiness he felt when he said, I can see now, I can see now. And off he go, he went home by himself. So this miraculous healing caused quite a commotion among the people in the neighborhood. That's what we read in verses 9 to 12. Some recognize him as the man who used to beg and others struggle to accept that he was the same person. And in the face in the face of skepticism and confusion, the blind man boldly claimed, affirm his identity and testified about his encounter with Jesus. He did not waver or shrink back. Instead, he confidently shared his first-hand experience of being healed by a man called called Jesus this man's testimony serves as a powerful reminder that our experiences with Christ should never be kept hidden but should be shared bodily with others the man bravely expressed his admiration and reverence for the remarkable displayed displays of kindness performed by Jesus in front of everybody. And that's what we what we read in the following verses. In the verses thirteen to thirty-eight. It says that the people brought the blind man to the religious leaders and they started to interrogate the man. Of course, the leaders were not receptive to the man's testimony because they were blinded by their own pride, skepticism and adherence to the letter of the law. They were focused, they were focused their focus was that that making clay on the sabbath with saliva, was a big no-no. And there is nothing in the law of Moses that prohibit someone to make mud from saliva. Nothing. But they were so focused in that one thing, but the man who was healed, he was like, I don't care. I am seeing now. The faith of the man that had been healed remained unshakable. Despite the unrelenting attempts made by the religious leader to discredit Jesus and his miraculous healing, this man's faith grew deeper. Notice how he initially referred to Jesus as a man called Jesus. Jesus. That's how he called. A man called Jesus was the one who healed me. But as the leaders continued to interrogate him, his perception of Jesus evolved. He began to recognize Jesus as a prophet and later as someone with with divine authority. The blind man's man's journey of faith illustrates the gradual revelation and understanding of who Jesus is. When we encounter Jesus, that is just the beginning of the journey. There is more. And tomorrow is going to be more. But next, we read that instead of celebrating God's incredible work, the leaders question and scrutinize the man as his healing, the uh, man in his healing, even going so far as to interrogate his parents, hoping to catch them in a lie. Is this your son? The parents. Of course, is my is our son. Is he, if he was blind, of course he was blind. But the parents were too scared to say much. All they said was that he was their son and he was born blind. But they have no clue how he suddenly could see. And the scriptures, the passage tells us that because they were afraid to be sent out from the synagogue and at last the blind man was summoned again as they thought they could intimidate him but the simple beggar surprised them with his quick and clever response in verse 27 it's, it's, really, it's really funny how he responded in verse 27 I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his become his disciples? Can you imagine this the, the boldness of this man? <laughs> the account of this man who remains steadfast in his faith in Jesus, even in the face of intimidation, is truly, truly inspiring. His unwavering commitment to the truth is something we can all strive to live. In the end, they carry out their plan and cast him out from the synagogue, from the temple, and from their religion. However, however, Jesus didn't abandon him and found him some time later for a second time. And at this time, Jesus revealed himself to him as the son of man. I am. The son of man and every Jew knew the meaning of the son of man. It was the, the one who was coming from heaven in the vision that Daniel had of the ancient of date and someone, the son of man, coming with power and authority. So this man received this revelation from Jesus himself. And the blind man's reaction to Jesus' revelation is truly encouraging. His journey of faith began with physical blindness, but it led him to a spiritual sight and a life-altering encounter with the Son of Man, the One who is Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And the way he kneels before Jesus and acknowledges him as Lord is a testament to the transformation that had taken place within him. Not just outside in his eyes, but within him, he was transformed. Transformation that started with obedience and was followed by looking at his savior and lord with his own eyes. I remember Job in chapter 19 saying the same thing that this man experienced after his suffering. Job says, but now my see my eyes see My Redeemer. So, my friends, through this passage, there are a few important lessons for our faith. Number one, believing in Jesus means trusting his guidance and obeying his commandments. The story of the blind man who chose to follow Jesus' unconventional instructions serves as a powerful reminder of the significance of putting our trust in Jesus even when his ways seem unfamiliar, outdated, or difficult to follow. But you see, this man was willing to let everything go for the truth. What a beautiful eh? illustration. What a beautiful testimony. Number two, sharing our testimony can have a powerful impact on others. Our testimonies can inspire and encourage others. Pointing them toward towards the light of Christ, but but it's important to understand though that our testimony should not be confused with sharing the message of the gospel. R.C. Sproul explained, our testimonies serve as an introduction or warm up to the message of the gospel. Well, some people may relate to our personal stories. Others may not. The gospel is not centered around one person's experience but rather on Jesus and how we can receive the benefits of his work through faith in him alone. I remember when I was a kid, I was in a meeting and it was like, how, how, to, how to do evangelism? I think, I, I think that's, that was the, the name of the workshop. And in the workshop they were saying, I was like uh, 13 years old, 12. And I was in that meeting sitting with everybody, and the, and the, and the guy was saying, One of the first things that you need to be doing is to write your testimony. And one of the first things that you need to be ready is to share that testimony with others. And then, follow after that, you need to share what is the message of the gospel, and they guide you for, for a step for the gospel, right? You recognize that you are a sinner, that you need a Savior. But the funny part was, like, everybody needs to write their testimony, and I'm going to give you this page, and you can start now. And so, people will start to write, and I t- took very seriously the task and I put in the title, they, they said, first you put the title and then you write your testimony. My title was Looking for Love. So everybody was at the end, they, they were sharing, who wants to share your, your title and a little brief description of your title? And I raised my hand and I said, I want to share. And they were laughing when they heard the, the title of my sermon, Looking for Love searching for love but we need to be ready every one of us to share what Jesus had done in our lives and to share it boldly and tell them probably your story is not similar to mine but what you needed the same thing that I needed and Jesus. Number three, faith will face opposition and persecution from the world. We are called to stand firm and boldly proclaim Christ, trusting in His power to overcome any doubt or disbelief we may encounter. A high school student or a university, university, university student may face ridicule and mocking from classmates who question their faith in Jesus and view them as uncool or outdated. A professional Christian may face exclusion in the workplace because of their faith. Or picture a family gathering where a believer is questioned and mocked by their family because of his faith or her faith. Or think about the age of social media we are living in. Sharing our faith in Jesus on social media can often result in negative comments and criticism from strangers. Yet, in all these examples, we are called to stand firm in our beliefs and boldly proclaim Christ as the the man who was healed by Jesus that in front of the religious leaders, in front of his family, in front of all his friends, he was saying, He is the man who healed me. No matter if you send me or cast me away, he is the one who healed me. He is the one who opened my eyes and I worship him as God without unwavering faith. And number four, Our encounters with Jesus deepen our faith and lead us to worship. The blind man's encounter with Jesus progress from acknowledge him as a man and then as a prophet and ultimately worship him as the son of man. Similarly, in our own lives, as we continually encounter in jesus our faith has the potential to deepen through prayer studying the word of god coming regularly and participating in Sunday worship services and engaging in fellowship with other believers, we can experience a growing relationship with Jesus. That's how we can know him more and more and more. All these encounters help us to understand Jesus' character, Jesus' teachings, and the significance of his work for all of us. And as our understanding deepens, we are moved to worship him with all our hearts acknowledge him as our Lord and as our Savior I want to challenge us this morning to cultivate a faith that truly says may we be obedient and trusting sharing our our testimonies boldly standing firm in our faith and continually encountering Jesus in ways that deepen our love and worship for him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lessons we have learned today from the story of this man was healed by you we ask for your guidance and strength as we seek to develop a faith that truly sees open our eyes to continually encounter you and lead us to deeper our worship and love for you in Jesus name we pray amen let's stand and let's sing this beautiful this beautiful hymn called amazing amazing grace once once i was blind but now my eyes can see you we sing this song may may the Lord continue opening our eyes to see how beautiful, how worthy how amazing is Jesus worthy of our follow, our our devotion worthy of everything that we have Amen Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now and forevermore. Amen.